This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm here with my co-host, Joy Wagner. Joy, how are you? Hello. I'm doing great. Thank I'm, you. Yeah. Excited so, today. Yeah. Today is all about mentorship, and it's a huge word, and we found a mentorship friendship at a local facility, Gestomp. The manufacturing facility in Mason, Michigan. And actually, the HR director told us about it, and we were really intrigued. And so, we're going to chat with them today and learn all of the great things that they're doing out there. But first, let's get some of your feedback, Joy, as an HR director. How important is mentorship, and how can you work through that? Yeah, I think it's really critical. I think when some of the things that people think it's overwhelming, like a lot of times when we're trying to implement things in our organizations what stops us is the process of how to do it, right? Oh my goodness, this is so much work. I don't know how I'm going to, you don't have to have a formal program. I think most organizations probably have some sort of mentorship, but I think the idea is to have leaders that really recognize talent and want to invest in them because those are the people, you know, that are going to invest in those other, and they don't have to be in the same department. And I don't know that you have to have a formal program where you're like, oh, this is your, you know, Joy Wagner's assigned to this person to be that mentor. But I definitely think that they do find each other naturally within the organization. And so mentorship, I think, is that connectivity of being able to have that person to recognize some things in them and then want to maybe help develop them or give them information about how they could do this or that to get to the next level of where they want to be which is, you know, it's kind of a coaching conversation, right? And I think it's really important for retention. It's a great way because that connection is what keeps people at an organization. But it does help to have like a tuition reimbursement program. I think internship programs are really wonderful too. We didn't get a chance. I don't know to talk much about that, but that's a great way to get talent to recognize your organization and then maybe keep them when they graduate from college. So that's an awesome thing as well. And I know a lot of companies that do that, but even just the skilled trades on the jobs, apprenticeship programs, those can be formal. They don't have to be. I think it helps if they are, but, and I don't think it's hard to stand them up, but again, it's this feels like overwhelming thing, but there's great resources around town that can help with that. And you can tap into them that are free to help you get started. If you have someone that can kind of take the lead. I'm seeing a trend where people are doing more leadership training because you may know how to weld, but you may not know how to teach people how to weld. Yeah. So I'm assuming that being a mentor comes with a very specific, maybe empathic personality. You have to really understand where the person's coming from and be able to not only just teach them a skill, but you have to kind of, you know, better them as humans and really feel invested in their betterment. I mean, what do you think about that? Training managers. Yes, it is. And a lot of times our leads or our leaders are technically capable and they've been there a long time and they don't necessarily always have the people skill side. So if companies can invest in their leaders with trainings that help them become good mentors, there's mentorship programs so that you understand when certain organizations have like an internship program, they're usually set up with a mentor that's there to help them kind of lead them through that. But yeah, having those empathetic skills and, you know, communication style, you kind of have to know the person a little bit, you get to know them and learn how they are best to learn. You know, if you're the one teaching them, I think with mentoring, it is that conversation though. What do you want to do? You know, where do you want to be in the next three to five years? What are you interested in? Or recognizing as they're working, what they're good at, you know, play to their strengths. 
why they're there. So our young professionals can kind of move up through that, you know, when they have someone who's paying attention. So that's something that we can teach our leaders to do in our organizations. So that's really important. Yeah, I've always kind of had this philosophy of coaching, teaching, and mentoring that even at a CEO level, we should stay hungry. We should never just rest on what we know. We should always be seeking out someone that can coach, teach, and mentor us. And then we should always be looking behind us and turn around and coach, teach, and mentor that next generation behind us. I'm sure that you've had people that have made a difference in your life, Joy. And I don't know that I'd be where I am without people that have maybe taken me under their wing, shown me the ropes. I'd be a hot mess, I think. I reach out to my mentor still today. Like, yeah. I think I want to do this. What do you think? Can you help me? <laughs> we all want those five people on our speed dial that we can call in case of emergency or just to run ideas past them. Yes. So I encourage everyone to seek out a mentor, seek out someone that can just be that voice, be someone to bounce ideas off. It's a lovely concept, really. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So I think we are all set for a minute as we learn from Gestap here in a little bit. This is Joy Wagner and Cindy Kangness on the Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. This is Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. I'm here with Jim Greider from Gestamp. He's the business unit manager for Laser and Assembly. Welcome, Jim. Uh, Thank you. I'm glad you're here with us. So I wanted to get started with talking a little bit about what Gestamp does, who some of their customers, who they supply to. Would you mind giving us a little background about the company? Sure. Gestamp is about 25 years old as a Gestamp entity. They took over U.S. Hard Tech back in the day, okay. and yeah. we have facilities uh, across the globe, primarily in the automotive industry. We supply lightweight technologies, reinforcement products for the automotive industry. Some of our major customers, Mason specifically, are Stellantis. We also supply GM and Ford. Here in the U.S., though, we supply Mercedes, Volkswagen, BMW, the big three here in the U.S., to name a few. Some of our southern plants in Alabama are looking at battery tray technology and getting into that market as well. That sounds very exciting. So tell us a little bit about your history, you know, where you came from, maybe what got you interested in manufacturing, and a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I've always been very driven to be the best at what I do. And in 1994, I took a job with a glass manufacturer in Indiana, and they had seven machines. And those seven machines were the only ones in the world, so I wanted to be the best. And I became a very good operator. The maintenance team noticed something in me and decided to pull me into this field. And I've never looked back. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about where you worked from there and how you got into a stop. I worked for Guardian Automotive, which is a glass manufacturer, for 13 years. And then 
I had an opportunity to move to Michigan in 2008. I know 2008, if you remember, was a terrible time to be looking for work in Michigan. (laughs) But I was lucky enough to find a place with another window manufacturer, American Glass Company. I worked for them for about a year and a half as a maintenance manager slash quality manager, jack of all trades. They started downsizing and we're going to close that plant. And so I looked for other employment and took a job with Meridian Magnesium in Eaton Rapids. I was with them for five years, half of that as a direct employee and the other half, two and a half years as a consultant. I started on second shift as a maintenance tech, quickly moved into lead maintenance, and then six months in became their controls engineer. And then a year after that, I took the superintendent's role, held that position for about six months, decided that Maybe that wasn't for me and went back into controls where I could be more beneficial to the company. And then I just took a total right turn into outside sales. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I went to work for a company named SunSource. They have locations across U.S. as an account manager in West Michigan. I got to see and do a lot of different things, but it just, it didn't satisfy me the way the maintenance field and this career in automotive did. So I took a position with GSE. They were a OEM supplier for machines and I was their controls engineering manager. So over the course of two and a half years, I did a lot of traveling, a lot of integration at different companies, Stellantis being one of them. My whole career has always led me back to the automotive industry. And so I decided that sales wasn't for me and Gestap had a posting on Indeed. I applied. They interviewed me and gave me an opportunity to be their controls engineer. That was in 2006. I lasted about eight months, decided there was a shift in the organization. So I left and went back to sales to give it one more go. Again, I found myself frustrated and just it wasn't making me happy. So they called one day, asked me to come back to Gestomp, and that was in 2018. I've started out as their controls engineer on first. A year later, I assumed the role of engineering manager for both business units, press, and assembly. A year later, I took just the maintenance and engineering manager's position for laser and assembly. And... In January of this year, I assumed the business unit manager for production and over laser and assembly. Awesome. Wonderful. I look forward to hearing a little bit more. This has been Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. 
Today, we are talking to the team from Gestomp in Mason, Michigan, and I am chatting personally with Iman Verser. Hi, Iman, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, you are a reliability engineer. Tell us yes. what that is. So my job, I identify the risk that basically make the assets a little less reliable. So in short, I look at the data, I find out what are major root causes that's causing our efficiency to drop, and then determine root cause and basically come up with the action plan on how we're going to get those machines back working, get them more efficient. It looks like you have a lot of computer programs that you work with. Can you yes. tell me all the computer programs? It seems like I'm getting a new one every day. So <laughs> <laughs> I deal with Power BI. I was dealing with Factory Talk for a while. I've learned Alan Bradley, POC programming, Rockwell, Amaran POC programming. So it's something new almost <laughs> every week seems like That's impressive. Now. Well, let's go back to college because you graduated from Georgia Southern, right? University. Yes. Tell yes. me about your college experience and what you studied and then maybe a little bit about your career path to getting to Kastamp. I started college in 2012, Georgia Southern University as a mechanical engineer. At the time, I didn't know. I did the like bare minimum of research of what type of engineers there were. I just knew that I liked robots and I wanted to work on them. So I went to school for mechanical engineering, not really knowing the in-depth of what that really was. So around my junior year of college, by that time I had grasped, but like mechanical engineering is the, you're doing more so drafting behind the computer. You're doing the drawing of the CAD programs and things like that. My junior year, I took an electrical course and I fell in love with the electrical more so than the drafting. And but by that time, like I'm a year out from graduating, I talk with my advisor. She's like, if you start over as an electrical engineer, you're basically starting over as a freshman. And as a junior, you're like, no, <laughs> I'm getting out of here. So I graduated <laughs> in 2017 with a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering. And so I just decided that that was just what I was going to do. I started looking for job opportunities in Georgia, but I was having a lot of trouble finding a job market there. I didn't have a lot of family there. And then my parents decided to move back to Michigan because it's where I was originally born. And I didn't want to stay there by myself, especially not finding a job yet. So I was like, okay, we're going to go back to Michigan, back to the winter, back to the snow for a little while. And at that time, it was just like, I need to find a job, regardless if it's in my field. So I ended up going through a temp service, and they had a cycle counter position open at Gaston. But I was told that they also had a packaging engineer within that department, which would be along the mechanical engineering field. So I took the cycle counter position with the wanting to shadow the packaging engineer. So I got the cycle counter position. A year later, the packaging engineer actually left the plant and went somewhere else. So at this point now, I'm just a cycle counter. And I did that for about two years. Then I went and spoke with our HR department. And I told them, like, listen, I have this degree. I want to get into this field. This is what I want to do. And I just need some type of direction. She actually introduced me to Jim. Well, she told me about Jim. And I reached out to him. And Jim came and spoke with me and basically just asked me what it is that I wanted to do and what my degree was in. I told him we had a conversation and there was a automation technician position coming up, opening up, and he told me to apply. So I did the interview. I didn't end up getting the job, but I did get a lot of good advice. He told me about what courses I could take to go back to school. If this is something that I really wanted to do. So over the next year, I went back to school, took more electrical courses and did, took all the advice that he had given me. And then I reapplied the next year. 
and I ended up getting the job. So I love it. And, you know, I think a lot of us get nervous when we're applying for new jobs or especially women in manufacturing, they tend to be a little nervous when they're applying for something that they feel maybe male dominated, or they've only seen males work in that role. Can you just tell us how you got yourself kind of motivated to apply and keep pushing? So yeah, it definitely gets discouraging. Well, first and foremost, Jim was so helpful. Jim, for one, he gave me uh, guidelines of how this is the first time that I ever had a step-by-step guide of this is what you can do to get to where you are. So that helped tremendously. And because that now that I have someone explaining to me now, it's like, I have to do it. <laughs> that was like a motivation to be like, okay. And then I stayed in my psychocounting position for two years just because it took that long for me to work up enough confidence and courage and about to actually pursue what I was going to do. I don't actually think it was the male-dominated field that I was nervous about. I think that it was doing something I had never seen done before. Like, my parents had regular nine-to-fives. I don't really know too many engineers, so I don't know any. I didn't before I got this position, any engineer. So it was just doing something that I had never seen and not knowing how to do it. So having Jim take the time to sit with me and talk with me about what I could actually be doing and having some type of direction rather than just roaming in the dark was a lot of the reason why I'm like, all right, you have to do it now. <laughs> Aman, we're so excited that you got the position. We're going to learn more in a second. This has been Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. Hi, this is Joy Wagner back with Jim Greider from Gestap on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Thanks again for joining us, Jim. Thank you, Joy. So Iman had just talked about how amazing it was to have you as a mentor at Gestamp. Can you talk a little bit about the mentorship or kinds of opportunities that there are for people that want to get into more of either manufacturing or mechanical engineering, that type of field? Here in Mason, we really don't have an apprenticeship program per se, but we have building blocks that new employees or old employees, either one, if they so choose to advance their career in different avenues, the building blocks are in place to do so. We first identify if somebody's interested, they come to HR and they say, I'm interested in doing more, or we notice their capabilities and opportunities based on their work performance. And we start entertaining the possibility of, hey, what do you want to do for the rest of your life, right? Do you want to stay an operator or do you see more in yourself? And eventually they'll give us some feedback and we start the process. There's several levels. There's process techs, level one, level two. And then from there, you kind of decide where you want to go. If you want to be in supervision, quality, maintenance, and for the most case for me, it's been in maintenance. 
most of the people come to me for advice and that's the type of thing. So we are big on promoting from within, especially in today's market. That's great. And we post jobs, people apply. We leave them pretty much open for anybody to apply. And during the interview process, we give them feedback based on where they're at today and where they need to go to get to where they want to be, right? A lot of that includes schooling. And if they pretty much, it's up to them and Gestamp offers tuition reimbursement. And we're also trying to work with LCC on, we know not everybody can afford that first class, right? So we're trying to work with LCC on, hey, how do we get people to engage in college and then pay for it later, right? HR is currently working on that program for LCC, but in most cases, people start their schooling or start to advance their career. And we always have positions open. So they reapply and eventually we promote from within, like I said before, from the process tech level into maintenance. We currently have five, eight maintenance technicians on the floor that have been promoted from within on second and third shift. All are doing a super job and there we send them out for specific training that relates to a lot of our equipment. So ABB robotics is pretty strong in our facility. So most of the guys who are in maintenance have had programming one, electrical one, and mechanical one through ABB. And the next step is to give them the opportunities to engage in college and take some of that self-initiative to do what they need to do. Wonderful. So does Gustav provide the opportunity if they needed to take classes during the workday? Do they work with them in their schedule with the schooling programs? Yeah, we have had a few people who've entered into the maintenance field who had that conflict with their second shift schedule and their classes, right? So we've either let them have flex time for their schooling and work Saturdays, or they come in early and leave before their class. They either come in after their class or work a split shift. So absolutely. Wonderful. How does Gestamp like foster engagement? And do you think part of this career ladder type allow for retention of like the retention for employees right now? So that's a great question. We've seen it go both ways. We've had people climb the ladder and then get to a certain point and jump ship for another opportunity that may pay more or look more attractive. So it's always a risk when you invest in people, you're investing in their careers, their longevity in the field that they choose. But we feel it's worth it for Gestomp as well as the individual. And it doesn't always pay off for retention wise, but it definitely makes Gestomp a better place. Yeah, awesome. Well, wonderful. Thank you again, Jim, for joining me today. We appreciate having you on. This is Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. 
because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. Today we're talking with the team from Gestomp and I'm chatting personally with Iman Verser. She is the reliability engineer there. Iman, welcome back. Hello, hi, how are you? During the break, we chatted a little bit about how you have a little one at home, a one-year-old. So I thought we could start by talking about work-life, family-life balance and how you juggle that. Yeah, (laughs) it's always difficult. A one-year-old period is always going to be, that's a job (laughs) within itself. So, you know, you just wear different hats. All of us, we just all wear different hats. I come here, I'm the engineer. I take care of what I have to go home. And then when I go home, I take that hat off and I put on my mommy hat. Mm -hmm. And it's all about him at that moment. I also run a business too. So I do event planning on weekends. So, oh my gosh. uh, Yeah. So it's a lot, but I think that if I wasn't doing all of this, like I'd be bored probably. (laughs) Yeah, you clearly have time management skills. Yeah, I like try. <laughs> I try. So let's talk about Jim. Can you yep. tell us how you got matched to him and what his mentorship has meant to you? I went to HR and I basically just spoke with our HR department, Liz, and I asked her what it is I can do to get to where I'm trying to go. I told her what all of my goals were and I just didn't know how to get there. And so she matched me up with the gym. I don't remember if I sent him an email if I went to him in person. I'm pretty sure I went to him in person. And so he just scheduled me a time to sit down with him. So he came back while I was working and he just sat with me and he asked me basically about my goals and what it is I wanted to do. And then basically just gave me some direction. And From there, he gave me direction. I did the interview as he told me to do. And after the interview, he sat down with me again and basically told me what it is I could do to better improve my chances of getting this position. And then he left me alone. He would check in with me from time to time, like, how's it going? And I let him know that I was doing everything that he recommended. And I spoke to him, like, in depth again a year later at the second interview. Basically, he told me the job posting was coming again and to apply again. And so I did that again. And I got the position. And ever since I had the position, because Jim is the supervisor of the department. And so he's just an overall leader in itself. He's the leader, not even just to me as like a mentor, but he's a leader to everyone who's under him. And even those who aren't under him, Jim is just the overall leader. So because I was able to just go to him whenever I needed help, whenever I had questions. He'll just take the time. And Jim's extremely busy, but he'll just take the time, stop what he was doing, and be like, what do you need explaining? And I honestly didn't even know Jim's whole background. So we all had the conversation. He sent the email explaining what all he's done. And it makes more sense to me now because (laughs) Jim has, you know, he's been there. And then he's had to climb that ladder himself. I didn't even realize how much he had done. So, right. Something I hear both of you in both of your stories is how hungry and motivated you are. So I'm wondering what you see in your future. Where are you going? At this point, my goal right now is to just become the best at what I am doing right now. I think that this is the first time in life that I don't have like a set thing that I'm reaching for. And the reason for that is because that I've set. So before I got this position, I didn't know what a reliability engineer was until I got the job. Jim saw that that was something that I would be good at. 
So it's like I set these goals, but you never know what life has in store for you. You know what I mean? So right now I'm just being comfortable with mastering what I'm doing now and letting the rest be <laughs> come when it comes. Do you have something that you want to be known for or something that you want people to remember you for? Not necessarily. Being that I didn't know any engineers, I want to be someone that other people can come to, to help others get to where they want to get to in this field as well. Just because having that person is so important, because if you don't know, how can you get there? Mm -hmm. Tell me what your morning routine looks like. Different every day. Yeah. You know, as yeah. far as coming into work or when? Yeah, I'm coming into work. What? Maybe give me five seconds of what you do on a regular day. So most times I'll come in, I'll check my emails, and then my emails are usually what depicts what I am going to be doing mm -hmm. for that day. Or I work with a lot of data visualization, so we use Power BI a lot. So a lot of times I'm editing those reports or we're looking at those numbers to see where it is that we can improve. And then sometimes I may go hit the floor and monitor those issues to try to determine what is the reason this is causing us so much downtime. And then from there, I work with all of the other departments. So if that issue is caused due to a quality issue, I'm working with the quality department or an engineering issue. And then we're sitting down together and coming up with a solution of how we're going to get this and what is the timeline for that looks like. I love it. What a team effort. <laughs> yeah. You've been an inspiration to talk to, Iman. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This has been Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing. I'm here with Cindy Kangas, my co-host for today's podcast. Hello. We're on Michigan Business Network. We've had an exciting conversation with Gaston, a really, really great conversation around mentorship. And I just think it was, they're really unique individuals. And so Cindy, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what we learned and just yeah. about them in general. Yeah. They both had some very specific personality traits that I picked up on pretty quickly. Like they went to college and they weren't exactly sure where they were going, but they were studying a lot of things and then they tried a lot of jobs and they just kept moving kind of up the food chain. You know, they stayed hungry, they stayed interested, they kept learning and they found people to help them keep growing. And it was just amazing. I felt like after they talked, I just wanted to, you know, run a marathon or do something. Know. Really, you know, They're like very they, I, I could really do a lot if they were inspiring me every day. I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> having people in your corner as your cheerleader has really, you can just tell when Iman was speaking, the difference Jim's made in her life. And you could tell that both of them had that desire to be the best people that they could and the best people for Gestomp as well. Absolutely. You know, and that really fosters engagement at the organization. So, and I think it's our responsibility as employees to maybe be 
looking for those mentors, but also for the organization to provide that and have our leaders be that and talk to our leaders about being that. Another thing, too, that I noticed is that Gascamp has progressions. Mm-hmm. You know, they have levels that people can attain and look to. And they have those conversations with their people because they like to promote within. Yeah. Right. And so right. I think that's really great. And then those people can kind of see where they can move through that progression. And I think our talent coming into the workforce, they are looking for path. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, some people are happy to come in and do the same job every day for 40 years, but we have to remember that there are five generations working in our workforce Mm -hmm. right now. And that younger generation really wants a change of pace. They want to do exciting things. They want to try different things and find what they're good at. It's just very different. And so having kind of this career path, almost once you get inside a manufacturing facility is lovely. You're right. It's helping to keep them employed by the Mm -hmm. same company for the duration of their work years because they know that they can grow up with the company and the company appreciates them as opposed to just kind of feeling like you've maxed out, you've gone as far as you can, and then somebody's going to hire from the outside. They're investing in their people. They're even paying for their education. They're adjusting their work hours around their education. So it shows me that the culture there is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I love being able to incorporate that flexibility. And I know we get very stuck on like upward movement, but what you can do for your new talent coming in that wants to know where they're going is assign them to projects because it's not always this moving up the chain thing. You know, that's not always feasible in every organization. I've had people ask me, well, I don't have another level. Well, maybe you assign them to a project. You see some skill sets in the individual and you assign them to a project you need to get done that challenges them in a new way. Or they learn something else about the business, you know, broadening their business acumen for what's going on. And the organization can only help you as an employer, but also help them feel challenged and invested in. So Mm -hmm. I think those kinds of opportunities you can look for and afford for some of the younger talent to keep them engaged. Amon seemed to have an awareness of other employees, what other people were doing. She seemed to have a close connection with the HR director and she was watching for job postings. So these, to me, are great tips for people in the workforce. If you feel Mm -hmm. like you want to do something and grow with a company or maybe take a different job, learn what other people are doing, keep watch and keep in close touch with your HR department and watch for job openings Mm -hmm. and ask what they are. Ask what skills you need to perform those jobs. I think just having that greater awareness will take you so far. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And HR is meant to be a service. You know, a lot of times they look like, oh, but they are. They're there to support and care for the employees. So that's our job. Yeah. I think oftentimes when you apply for a job, and you can tell me, you've probably seen a lot of resumes, maybe you don't put everything on there. You don't put your interests on there or you don't put all of your skills and your HR director may not even know you have specific skills. I know Iman had a couple of skills that she didn't even let her HR director know until she started looking at some of these job Mm -hmm. openings. So it's an important lesson to keep adding to your skill set, but to let people know that you have those skills Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. And always raise your hand. Always raise your hand if you're interested, because that lets them know you're interested. And so if you don't get that job, one thing she did is she went back and got it the next time. And there's just so much opportunity. If she needs like a fourth job, I may hire her as my cheerleader. She is great. She's great. Yeah, she does. 
It's been so fun chatting with you as always. This has been Cindy Kangas and my co-host Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. See you next time.